I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you're listening to The Catherine Zox Show. Joining me today is author and workplace productivity expert, Wendy Ellen. Working from home, how's that working for you? Clean up your mess, set up your space, and step up your productivity. That's her new book. Well, let's face it. The world is changing right before our very eyes, and so is the way we all work. So what is everyone doing to make sure that working from home, uh, well, works? Just about everyone is winging it uh, among the clutter and the chaos that's their current reality at home. Wendy Ellen wishes us good luck with that. With over 20 years of experience in the corporate sector and as a thriving entrepreneur, she sets her sights on the work from home trend that has become the new normal. She covers the full spectrum of life in the home office and the challenges this construct may present. Her detailed analysis and solutions provide in-depth access to her proven efficiency tools to enhance and elevate productivity. Uh, Wendy Ellen is the founder of Work at Home with Wendy, a three-day intensive. Welcome to the show. Nice to have you on today. Thanks for being, love being here. Well, Wendy, this is obviously a hot topic. What can I say? Everyone's working from home in some capacity. Some people, I guess at this point, do go into the office half the time and then work at home half the time. They're all different combinations and permutations, so... Uh, I guess we have to start from there. This is a whole do, you know, in the past nine months, everything's changed. It's not just a matter of Absolutely. going to, yeah. How is and it? And you know ch- what? It's, it, I'm talking about these days, I'm saying it's no longer the new normal. It's just plain normal. It's not yeah. new anymore, right? Yeah. But unfortunately, since it started in March, people are still suffering because they don't know how to do this right. They don't know how to do this in a way that they can be successful and not feel defeated at the end of every day. So it really is, there is no better time right now than to, than to embrace this situation and set yourself up for success. And it is completely 100% up to every one of us to set ourselves up in our home office. And Wendy, the thing is now, though, it's it seems to me, everybody has such a different kind of a situation. I mean, you have people who are alone, people who have so many people living with them. Some people are in apartments, houses. It's not just, you know, going to an office kind of thing. So how does that fit in? I mean, how do you, you have to really customize it, don't you? Customize your work Absolutely. situation. Yeah. Absolutely. So my tools are, they really span to, it doesn't matter what your situation is. It doesn't matter whether you're living with three roommates, girlfriends, or you have a partner, or you have a kid, and you're a single mom. It really doesn't matter. The key is to look at your home team. What is your home team right now? So for instance, my home team is my dog and my husband. That's it. But I still have a husband who used to work in an office, and now he works home. And I've been working at home for 20 years. So all of a sudden, this dude sort of backs up his car into the driveway on March 16th and out comes his office. And I'm like, what are you doing? He says, I'm doing what everybody else is doing. I'm moving home. And I'm like, oh, okay, how do we deal with this? And it took us a while to figure out what was the best place for him to work where he was getting work done and I was getting work done. But the, the key here, Catherine, is, is transparency and communication. It's like you've got to talk to your people. What do they need every day? What do you need every day? Right? So I say the number one tool in all of this craziness is a whiteboard. Go out and buy yourself a whiteboard and put the whiteboard in a central place to your home team, like the kitchen, 
And every morning over, over coffee or over cereal or over breakfast, look at your home team and say, okay, what do you guys all got going on today? I know I have a Zoom call at noon and I can't be interrupted. At 1 o'clock, I'll be free and I'm all yours. But until then, I can't be interrupted and I need to prepare for that call. So I need two hours of uninterrupted time in the morning. Who's walking the dog in the morning? Who's walking the dog in the afternoon? Who's helping the kids with school? I mean, you got to, like, take it day by day. Wendy, where were you six months ago? We need that in our household. That is just, it seems, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, you watch all these crime shows, and they always have a whiteboard, right, trying to figure out who did it and uh, this, try. Right. Like yeah, a whiteboard is the most simple tool and the most transformational. Like every single day you should be writing, Wendy is walking the dog in the morning. Marty's walking the dog in the afternoon. Wendy can't be interrupted for the middle hours of the morning because she's got interviews or whatever she's doing, but she's free in the afternoon. We're going to take a break at 2 o'clock, both of us, and we're going to take the dog to the park. And you know what? That could change in a, na- in a nanosecond because that's life. But at least knowing this is what our day is going to look like makes all the difference in the world. Is that all we have to do? Get the whiteboard and we're done? (laughs) No, that's a start. So the next thing would be clean up your mess. Clean up your mess. So for those of you that are on this call that are listening and you're looking around going, oh, oh my God, look at this mess. Look around yourself. Look and see what what you've amassed over the years, right? I mean, there are some people who actually love going to the office because they get to leave their disorganized, dysfunctional home and go work in a nice, comfy office for the day. They don't have that anymore. So how about make your home a nice, comfy office? Why do you need a commute to make that happen? Right? It's like I always tell people, you all, we all moved into an empty space. So if you got clutter and you got chaos and you're looking around and you see piles everywhere, you created it. So just recreate Now's the time to literally look around and go, this is crazy. I'm now working where I'm living, and I'm working with four other people under my roof, and we're going to all do this together as a project. We're going to clean up our mess. Once you clean up your mess and you get rid of all the crap you don't need, the perfect place for you to work reveals itself. You can't see it now, but it will reveal itself once you clean up your mess. What about boundaries? I have a friend who is a psychologist who's never been more busy. I mean, in terms of doing all her for her uh, uh, therapy and counseling on online, and but that she's always in her apartment all the time, and so there isn't that boundary as you just mentioned. I think a little bit earlier, you go to work, you forget about all the stuff that's at home, at least for the time being, and then you come back to it. But now you're you're there, and you can't get away from it. So how do you create some those kinds of boundaries that everybody needs from work to home? Right. Right. So when you said you just you made something you 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 said something that's very important, Catherine. I'm going to back up and you said you can't get away from it. So what I want everyone to know out there is you don't have to tolerate it anymore. Okay? So whatever the it is, is it is it clutter, is it dysfunction, is it too much stuff, is it no places, permanent homes for things to live? I want you to really consider how you set yourself up. And there's a way to set yourself up for success versus defeat. And if you set yourself up for success, meaning everything has a place, you are, you, you know, I always say, my, your house is there to create joy, not jobs. 
I don't walk in my home and see a pile and go, okay, there's something I have to do. And then I look in the next room and there's a pile and I go, oh, there's something I have to do. I literally walk in my house, kick my shoes off, sit on the couch and rub my dog's underbelly. I, my house brings me joy. Every single aspect of my home brings me joy. So I'm not clamoring to leave because I like being in that space. And I would say when it comes to setting boundaries, self-care needs to move to the top of the list. During this time and going forward, self-care needs to be absolutely front and center in our life, which means every day I know when my self-care 30 minutes are going to be. Sometimes it's more, but it's got to be 30 minutes. Is it going to be after I do this interview that I'm going to go out for a walk for 30 minutes? Is it going to be at the end of the day that I'm going to get on the Peloton for 30 minutes? Is it going to be that I get to read my book that I'm reading? I get to decide. Maybe it's just to my husband and I to go for a walk. Or if you have kids, to engage with your kid that's not related to school, not related to work, something that they want to do for 30 minutes in the middle of the day. We get to, we get to create this experience exactly how we want to be. But you've got to be intentional. Stop the autopilot. So it's a routine that you create. Is there a difference Absolutely. between have- routine, and I, I think about this a lot, routine and routinized? Because some people who are used to creating routines, others aren't necessarily, uh, can become very routinized. That's not such a good thing, is it? No, I don't think so. But here's the thing. I have a morning routine. So I actually distinguish when that routine is. It's my morning routine. And someone says to me, well, you know what? I still have to drive kids to school these days, so I don't really have the luxury of having the morning routine you have. I said, oh, great. So if you drive your kids to school from 7 to 8 or 7.30 to 8.30, how about your morning routine starts at 9? How about your morning routine is a mid-morning routine at 10.30, right? I get up every morning. I meditate first thing out of the box. I drink a, a, a glass of ice, uh, hot water with lemon. I move my body in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just yoga stretches in my bedroom to sort of get my hips going. Then I write in my gratitude journal. I look at my day and assess my day, and I get to my most important things. Six things I just rattled off are my morning routine. But that's my morning routine. The rest of the day is not routine. The rest of the day changes based on what I've got going on. And on any given day, something is going to come into my life that I have no idea what it's going to be, and I'm going to figure out whether I accommodate it or I move it to a different day. People always say to me, well, what do I do about unexpected interruptions? And I say, expect them. You're going to get them. Leave an hour in your day for something that you have no idea what it is yet, but it is coming. And if you don't get it, you bought yourself an extra hour. So expectations, do you think expectations have really had to change dramatically living under these, I don't want to say conditions, but it is living under these being quarantined or semi-quarantined or all the, we do have restrictions in terms of what we can do. Um, What do you think? I think, I think expectations are key. And as long as I, as long as I have, you know, somewhat expectations of what's going to happen, as long as, I, as long as I protect my time, that's important. So right now I'm on an interview with you and I have another one at 1130. I'm completely protecting my morning. Nothing's going to get in the way of my morning. This has been on the calendar for weeks and I'm protecting that time. But I could also have been working on a proposal that I need to get to Home Depot next week and I'm protecting that hour that I'm just doing focused work. I'm really clear on... Um, 
you know, I just got this Apple Watch last week for my birthday, and I have no idea how to use it at all. Like, I have a friend who's coming to visit me today who's going to give me the tutorial on this flipping Apple Watch that I have no idea how to use. But I will tell you this. Every hour, it beeps me and tells me to stand up. And I literally have been listening to it. Because we could all get really accustomed to sitting in our chair, wherever it is, whether it's a dining room table or in our bedroom, and just sit and work and work and work and work and work, right? There is no delineation between work and play these days. And so here's what I tell people. Everyone talks about work-life balance, work-life balance. I can't stand the term. Here's the thing. Balance is when two things are equal. It's going to be a very rare occasion that any of us are going to work the same amount of hours in a day that we play. It's just not going to happen. So if we replace the word balance with the word integration and we integrate our life with both work and play, we have a much better success rate than if we're going for the balance. The balance is really not possible. So when people say to me, I just don't have any work-life balance, I say, you know what? Change that word balance to integration. Have some work-life integration. Make sure every day that you get out of the house and you, and you go for an exercise walk, you move your body, you play with your kid. That's integrating that amongst the Zoom calls that you have all day long. Then the other thing is they say to me, I, don't, I can't find the time to exercise. Well, you know what? You're not going to find the time. How about you create the time? <laughs> yeah. Right? Create, you have to yeah, find I'll, the time I'll, to exercise. Create the time, not find the time. Exactly. You're in control of that. You can create the time, whether it's five minutes or an hour or whatever it is, and depending on what you do to, yeah. Right. But it's a mindset and it's a word change. It's literally just, okay, if you can just replace finding with creating, all of a sudden it's possible. I think people have become, they, they, many people and ones that I'm in contact with, you know, just feel so overwhelmed uh, in this, in the sort of this, well, as you say, it's not, this is the, it's not the new normal. This is normal. This is the way it is. This is the way it's going to be in some form or another. So let's get with it. Right. But uh, so many Yeah. People, and you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Here's the thing. What? Um, Oh, I just had lost my train of thought, so you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, we're talking about, I, I think you, what you said, and you said this in the beginning, it's not the new normal. This is normal. Like, first you have to accept that, too. This is the way it is. Everything has changed. Um, yeah. And I, I, I have a friend who's an attorney and a lawyer in the city, and they're just prior to the pandemic, uh, they were moving their offices to new you know, a, a new building. And uh, now, because people have been working from home, nobody really is going to go back to work five days a week. It's going to be some other, you know, two days a week. And sh- they have to change the whole architecture of the building, change the, like, you may have one office that three people share because they're there at different times and a much bigger conference room. All of those kinds of things are changing too in terms of workspace, I was thinking about. Um, yes, that's crazy. It really is crazy. I mean, like Amazon and, and Uber and Facebook, they're all talking about earliest 2021 July. And here's my thinking about that. I work for Facebook, and in, 20, in July 2021, they decide that we're coming back to work. But I have a pre-existing condition, and I have a safety issue about going back to an office. I'm not going. It's no longer the employer's choice. It really is your choice. My boss can't make me come back if I have a pre-existing condition and I'm afraid that I'm going to get sick. So 
it's going to always, I think, be somewhat of a hybrid situation that if we can get really, really smart right now and focused on setting ourselves up in the home that we're in, that so much of the stress goes away from this because a lot of that is the overwhelm. There's also a lot of overwhelm that falls into the category of it is what it is. And I always say that, and my husband hates when I use that term, but the reality of it is there's a bunch of stuff that falls into that category in our life that we have no choice about, right? Like you have kids in your house. That is what it is. Yeah. You're just going to have to deal with it. Um, and so I say there, when you look at the silver linings to this, versus the challenges, if you get really clear on all the really good things about this experience, there are a ton of them for every single person. All right, let's talk about some of those. But, what are the, so what is, what's the positive stuff that's, that's happening? That, well, yeah. Um, you're not spending money on gas because you're not commuting. You're not sitting in a car for an hour every morning there and back, right? You actually get to have breakfast with your family. You know, that is if you like your family. I know there are a lot of people's families out there. That, <laughs> that might not be a plus for everybody. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, you get to probably exercise more because you have the time. You could literally convert the, com- the commute time into exercise time if you want to, if that's what you like to do. Um, I'm you don't have to I'm buy eating. a lot of expensive clothes. You can wear... <laughs> you don't have to... No, totally, right? The the legging industry is Zooming right now, as is the Zoom industry. Yeah. Right? Um, You you get to, I was just going to say something. You you get to eat healthier. You're saving money by not going out to lunch every day. You're eating what's in your own refrigerator. You're, I'm, I will tell you this. This is the craziest thing, Catherine. I'm one of 29 people in my family. So I'm one of five kids, and we all have a partner, and we all have children, and those children actually have fiancés and, and now husbands. So we're a family of 29 people all over the country, from east coast to west coast, north, south. We're all everywhere. When this whole thing started, we started doing an every other night Sunday night Zoom call. And I said to my husband a couple of months into it, why did we need this to do this? Why did it take COVID for all of us to connect on a regular basis on a Zoom call to check in? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. I'm connecting with people now more than I did before because I'm making it intentional. I'm intentionally saying I want to reach out to my, to my girls. My birthday is coming up this week, and the only thing I wanted was to get on and have a Zoom call with my best girlfriend that I miss dearly. I so actually, when you look, yeah, right, yeah. I went into overload with that. I had to stop. I was connecting too much, and I was I was exhausted by the end of the day. I was connecting so much with people, family, friends. Uh, it was, um, <laughs> I had to really right. stop and, and kind of like disconnect for a little bit because here, you know, it made it so easy, like you say, to be able to connect on Zoom. Anyway, that was. That was my yeah. issue. Well, you know what? And you know what? We did that also. For a while, every two weeks with my family was a little bit much. I love my family dearly, but I don't need to speak to them every two weeks. I speak to them when I want to have a conversation in between those calls. Um, and sometimes it's easier to talk to one human being versus 29 at a time. Um, and everyone zoomed out. The bottom line is we're all really sick of these calls. 
But um, there's, you know, I really believe, listen, I don't know about anybody else, but I've traveled since this has happened. And I got to tell you, there's nothing better than traveling. It's safer to be in a plane right now than it is to be in a grocery store. There's nobody on the plane. There's nobody in the middle seat. Like, it's, it, it is so, you get on, you sit down, you watch your movie, you get off. There's not a lot of interaction. Um, it's spacious. I find flying not a problem at all. That's the way flying should be forever. Well, it should be. And I so, think the air, the filtering system, the air filtering system is probably better than most buildings that people go into uh, unless they've changed the the uh, filtering system because that's really key. And, I, you know, airplanes, especially the newer airplanes, are really good for that. So when you do travel, you travel, what about airports? What about going through security? Not a problem at all. I have clear. I have TSA pre-check. I'm in, I'm in a mask. They're very clear about they will tell you to put your mask over your nose and your mouth if you don't have it there. So I don't, I'm not worried about it. You know, I'm just, you know, everybody's really different. I know you know that. And so there are people that are really scared to leave their home, and I get it, and it's such a personal thing, and there's no judgment around this issue. There can't be. Um, I'm being very careful, but I'm also living my life as carefully as I can. Look, my daughter is about to have a baby in January. My husband and I are like, okay, how is this going to happen? She's in Boston. We're in Atlanta. Is she going to let us come up? How long do we have to quarantine before we can see the kid? Can we see anybody else besides she and the kid? I mean, this is kind of weird to deal with something like that. Normally, you get a phone call, we'd be on a plane. I think that you bring up, you know, we don't have that much time left, but I think that's one of the really key issues because everybody has their own sense of how much they're going to risk and when they're going to risk it, and they're different. And I find that a lot of, that that's one of the issues that families and friends really wrestle with. You know, my risks, what I will risk are different than somebody else. And people get into a lot of, uh, uh, I think, uh, that's a major problem, I think, that has come up with the pandemic, you know, like you're not going to go back to work. It's not up to your, I mean, in a building, cause you have a preexisting condition. It's not up to your boss. It's up to you. Um, I don't want to go back to buildings where I have to be in a two by four elevator with somebody. Uh, one of my issues. Uh, so there, I, I think that's a real problem or that's a whole other area because that's going to continue. Like how much risk are you going to shake somebody's hand when, you know, when this is over, it's, you know, it's never going to be over. Um, how you distance yourself from people, all of those, when we're talking about emotional and physical yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. And, you know, it's going to evolve. We all know it's going to evolve. Um, who would have ever thought that we wouldn't shake somebody's hand, right? But I'm right. used to not shaking hands at this point. I don't, I don't even think about it. I don't even, I don't even elbow bump or any of that other stuff. I just don't do anything. Yeah. And it's okay. So, uh, there's a, you know, things are going to be accepted way more now than they ever were before, and it's never going to go back to the way it was. And as far as living in your space, it is up to you to create the space and to create the joy that you want in your home so that you are not struggling with the working part of working from home. You're just, there's no reason for you to have to do that. And right. you can really create a space easily. And I, you know, I tell you, I think about this book that I wrote. You know, the content's my wheelhouse. I have, been, I have been studying this, and I have been literally helping major corporations and entrepreneurs and individuals all over the world for the last 20 years really set themselves up for success. But 
what what humbled me is the response of this book that I wrote. It's unbelievable that and it went speaking to number of, we one. We have one minute left, so, so what I want you to do is give us a website uh, where we can get the book, learn more about you, or maybe maybe there's more than one website so that because uh, we only got a minute. It, it, Working from home, and we're okay, talking really to Wendy easy. Ellen. Yeah. It's wendyellen.com, W-E-N-D-Y-E-L-L-I-N, wendyellen.com. And when you go on the website, right on the homepage, you can either you can click the Amazon button and buy the book on Amazon, or you can buy it directly from me, and I will personally sign it and ship it to you. So there's Great. two options for how you get this book. Good. Thanks so much for being on the show this morning. Lots of good information. Thanks, Catherine. Enjoy it. Thanks, Wendy. I'm Catherine Zox, your social worker with a microphone, and you've been listening to The Catherine Zox Show. 